1: Hope everybody's having a good Thursday. Headed towards another good college and pro football weekend. Longhorns, thanks to a committee, are a ranked team now. So Texas and Kansas State is the fourth ranked matchup of the weekend. We're going to get into that today. Also, we are going to try to help your fantasy teams. Isaiah's fantasy team does not need help. The Brett Favre team is killing it this year. But he's going to still get a little help from J.D. Lewis coming up at 12.30. If you'd like to do that, you can go ahead and start throwing questions. Specs text line is 337-3776. It's Chad and Zay on a Thursday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined by the Bowie Bulldog, Isaiah
0: Collier. What's up, Zay? What's popping? What's popping? What's popping? I don't know how I'm feeling this weekend. I I should be feeling good for the Horns heading into Manhattan, but I'm not. That – Little apple could be very rotten with a nasty ass worm inside that mm. could give you the BGs for weeks and weeks and weeks.
1: Yeah, it's a tough so one.
0: So I yeah, I don't know how to feel, but I'm
1: good. Overall, it, I'm good. It really is a trust question. We kind of asked it earlier in the season. You watch what happened against Tech, and you watch what happened against Oklahoma State. I asked the question going in against Oklahoma State to Longhorn fans: do you trust your defense? If you do. You should pick your team to win. That's the same thing I would say this week. Do you trust your defense to travel? If you do, I would tell you to pick Texas. If you do, I would tell you to pick Texas and lay the points. But
0: if you don't, I think you've got to go the other way. Yeah, I have zero trust in this defense. I love the defensive line. I'd rather see Adrian Martinez than Will Howard, but... Uh, Just the secondary, especially with how injury-prone they are right now. Mm -hmm. It's not, no, no, I can't trust this defense.
1: We will double-check in an hour when our man Jeff Howe jumps back in here from Horns 24-7, Longhorn Blitz podcast, and Light the Tower. From what I'm hearing on Light the Tower today, sounds like Ryan Watts may be able to go. That's a good sign. Sounds like Watts may be able to go. So that is good. We will definitely dig in to the Longhorn stuff. We also have to get you an update on apparently there's a very bizarre, man the NBA can really give you bizarre, uh, another bizarre NBA story we need to catch you up on. But first, let's go spec, set, piece. If we're going to be fair on one side, we've got to be fair on the other side. Let's talk game four of the World Series. The Specs set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. When it's time to kick off the Austin FC match, say big at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. Well, uh, well damn, Astros fans. How about that? How about that for a turn? You needed it to turn. You needed the series to be 2-all, and you did it with
0: pitching, pitching, and pitching. Zay Y'all hear that Dominican music right there? You yesterday you you
1: said you thought it'd be good if the starter could just just completely focus in and not hear all those crazy Philly fans and you said, "Hey, if English could not be the first language maybe." Something like that. Where's he from, Chad? Nice voice from the
0: DR. Perfect. Perfect. Yo, he was playing something like this, you know. He had to bump that music to throw a no-hitter, and I know, he, you know, he didn't play the full uh, nine innings, but still, to throw a no-hitter for how long he was in there, my man was in the zone. They kept showing him zoned down in the bullpen, locked in. Yo, that's what I'm talking about. I gave I gave the shows a hard time. I gave the shows a hard time about my man McCullers. Uh-huh. I did, but I'm gonna show y'all love. For that performance y'all showed last night. No-hitter World Series?
1: What? Yeah, there, there's nothing yeah, nothing but love that you could show that. Did you hear what Christian Javier's nickname is? No. uh And this is going in. Let me see if I get this right. If you're a Spanish speaker, double-check me if I get this uh, wrong. Here we go. La Serpiente. I'm not even going
0: to try that. The snake. The snake. Because he's cold-blooded. Yo, he he was throwing some fire last night. He
1: was. Christian Javier, 96, 97 pitches, whatever it ended up being. He goes no hits through six, and then he handed it off to Abreu and Montero and Presley. There's all kinds of history to talk about. Astros are now the first team to throw two combined no-hitters in a season. Earlier this year, it was Javier to start it, Presley to finish it, and there was different guys in the middle. So they've done that twice. Nobody's ever done it twice, like, at all, much less doing it in the same season and then have similar guys. But then realize what Zay just referenced. In the history of the World Series, our whole lives, there has only been one. Only one. And that's if your life is occurring as a baseball fan after 1956. Before then, nobody had ever done it. Don Larson does it in a World Series game. That's why his name is in baseball lore forever. He throws a no-no in 56. His team eventually wins the series. That's it. That's it. It's Don Larson and those four guys now. Congratulations to Christian Javier and Brian Abreu. Let me get the full names here. Rafael Montero and Ryan Presley combine on that no-hitter. Astros win it. Five to nothing, the Phillies couldn't touch a thing. A night after they had everything figured out, they had all the different pitches figured out and when they were coming and when they weren't, and maybe it was being tipped and maybe it wasn't. Or maybe McCullers just threw bad pitches. The Astros got it done last night. Some of the big names step up uh, on the offensive side. Zay, I don't know if there's anything bigger than that Bregman at bat.
0: Oh, man, What (laughs) what an at bat to the opposite field. And he's just tough. Ever since he was at LSU, he's always just been a tough guy that loves the moment, that loves the big time. And, yeah, Alex Bregman, him playing that hot corner, that's why he's one of the best in the game. But, you know, it seemed like before the first through fourth inning, You were thinking, oh man, here we go again with the Astros. They won't. Will they be able to get ahead? When will those Philly bats finally start to wake up? And obviously, it didn't happen. But yeah, you talk about Christian Javier. You think Brian Abreu, man, big body, the stuff that he was throwing, filth, (laughs) absolute filth filth, like pig pen filth, just nasty, make your upper lip go up a little when he throws that stuff that he was throwing, and hey, this is what you want to see. This is the time of the year when you're in that, when you're playing in November, that means you got a serious bullpen, that means you got starters that could get the done, and that means you got guys who have really good bats, and we're seeing all of that, and this has been a hell of a World Series thus far. Now it's a three-game series.
1: Yeah, these two teams are so good, it just feels like you, you look back and it's just there's not gonna be nobody was getting blasted in this series. They don't need, go, go through the year. Neither of them lose two games in a row very much, if at all. Astros hadn't done that in a while, so they go back and forth with these wins, and then the swings of momentum to get like there's certain things you can do in a World Series that can just turn everything. One of them's a big comeback win. and That's what the Phillies did in Game One. They're able to pull off that comeback win, but the Astros come right back and smack them in Game Two. Then the Phillies come back with something that I've always, you know, that that can always be impactful in a World Series, which is get a blowout win. And Rod Babers and I were talking about this as we were doing the show switch yesterday. He was a big Astros fan, and he was really concerned about that. He's like, My God, they've won twice in ways that can turn a whole series. So he really thought the momentum was in Philly's favor and what in the world were the Astros going to do? There ain't no do. momentum
0: in baseball. Yeah, well. Th- I don't buy it. I, there's no momentum in my eyes in baseball. You better come every day. Yeah. It's different. You don't know who on that hump.
1: But the old, that, you just that, that's it. The old saying in baseball is momentum is just as the momentum is your next day's starter. That's it. That's what momentum is in baseball. And for them to turn to Christian Javier and say, all right, man, in that environment with those fans – Sounding like that, you got to shut them up. And let me tell you what. You could have done intense four-hour brain surgery on that field. And I think every one of the surgeons would have been able to hear perfectly clearly because the Astros shut that place up last night. Decibel level was probably at about eight for most of yeah, that it game. it was low.
0: It was low. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's got a big one tonight. Verlander on the hill. He hasn't done well in the postseason, but he's one of the best to ever do it, so I wouldn't doubt him in this situation. We'll see how Dusty Baker, if he has a quick leash on him or not. I mean... Dusty looked good last night. People, a lot of people, blame Dusty for leaving my man Lance McCullers in there a little bit too long in Game Three. Dusty could sometimes do that. Will he do that tonight, or will Justin yeah. Verlander? Will you be able to use him for you know six something innings, and he has his stuff with him? We'll see.
1: Yeah, I got the feeling whatever the drama is, it ain't over yet. Yeah, with Verlander tonight, that's going to be wild. Verlander and Syndergaard. And Syndergaard's a guy that's got uh, Philly fans a little nervous because Syndergaard has not doesn't have a ton of experience coming in, and he hasn't pitched a ton lately. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. Somebody texted Javier now wears el reptil around his neck each time he takes the mound. Yes, they refer to him as that cold-blooded snake, the reptile, whatever you want to call him. You can call him historic now, as he has thrown helped to throw only the second no-hitter in the history of the World Series. I'll be honest, I had. To the game, like, muted, doing some stuff around the house last night, peeking back. I, I saw the score. I didn't realize it was a no-no. I was not following that part of it. And Oh,
0: I, if you so, were watching, watching, you would have known. Fox was making it yeah, no. Yeah,
1: no, they were making, right. But then all of a sudden, I look up in the, it was a fourth, I think is when I realized it. And then they flashed on the screen has not given up a hit yet. I was like, oh wait a minute. Okay, it's an extra version of a shutout. So it was that's
0: impressive, man. It's impressive, especially with the way they were hitting like they broke a record the Phillies did in game three with most home runs. In a World Series game, and then they don't get a hit the next game. Right. Like that's the yeah. there is no momentum thing. Cause in their eyes, they're probably like, oh, we're, we're we're about to roll. We're about to win the next two. We're about to win in Philly with a, being another World Series back to Philly. Yeah. I see my man Jimmy Rollins ballhead ass throwing pitches to Miles Teller and Chase ugly looking, <laughs> ugly looking <laughs> old as hell, throwing pitches to uh uh, uh my man from Sonny in Philadelphia and stuff. They they're mad confident in Philly we saw how they were treating uh Lance McCullers and that TikTok video where they're just bashing the hell out of them like we know they're a cocky very cocky just arrogant bunch and they got humbled last night they so were leaving in the eighth inning
1: some uh one of our fans got ticked off that Davis and Smoltz were talking about the no hitter all the way into the fifth inning
0: so yeah that, you know what you gonna do
1: that's that old thing where you can't you know See, I'm a believer in if you want to not jinx it, you can't say no hitter. You can say that the team doesn't have a hit. That's different.
0: What? Oh, come on, that's the same thing. How's it different?
1: You can't say his name and no hitter. That's all. I'm, that that's my baseball. You know, mumbo jumbo on it. To me, now me, I'm a— that's
0: a bunch of Cracker Jacks. Dude, I'm a Rangers
1: fan. I was walking all over my house last (laughs) night saying, Christian Javier has a no-hitter. Christian Javier is working on a no-hitter. Christian Javier, no-hitter, no-hitter. Christian Javier. That's what I was doing. But if you're the announcer, I think what you have to do there is be very careful, and you have to say things like, the Phillies do not have a base hit, and then move on. But do not say Christian Javier is working on a no-hitter. I think that's that's See, inappropriate. That's,
0: that's the wrong. That's the only thing that I have wrong with baseball <laughs> players, man. The superstitions there's, are out the ass. I know. There's too and many. It's just way too many. It's ridiculous. The same socks for months and months and all that crazy stuff. I know. My man, uh, uh, an All-State man, how homeboy was praying in Major League and stuff like that. Yep. Where, where was he from in that? He was he was Cuban or Dominican or something like that. All state brother who so, Serrano? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. Where, I don't
1: remember where Serrano was from. That's a good question. Um, but that's
0: what I think of. It's just they all take. Yeah. It, they
1: take it to a whole new level where it's just bananas. You remember the the one of the first ones I ever heard was Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs ate the exact same thing every day.
0: Come on, that he played Wade.
1: every game day. It? it was just like skinless, boneless, you know, grilled chicken. But, I mean, it was the same exact <laughs> thing every day. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, It's man. crazy. That, yeah, That sounds about right. Somebody says, or the, say the Phillies are still looking for their first hit. Yes, see, there's those the ways you could say it, don't say his name and no hitter. I would totally agree with you there because I wouldn't want to be the announcer that messed it up. I, I do have some of those baseball and, and sports superstitions as well. But it hey, all worked
0: out. Hey, here's a superstition that somebody on Specs text line said. They said, Kate Upton should not give. Jason Verlander that na-na ah, until right. after the game. And <laughs> I'll even go a step further. If he doesn't perform, he don't get that ah. until... Uh, uh, April, spring training. Until spring training. As spring training. That should motivate his ass.
1: Yeah, there have been different thought processes on that over the years <laughs> of whether that is that, that can actually help performance or hurt performance. We'll see what Justin Verlander looks like tonight. I'm sure Kate will be in the house. I would tell all of those around the Astros, you might want to get Kate Upton to a safe location tonight. I don't know that I would put her nah, first, yeah, first yeah. or second row in Philly. The things that will be yelled at that woman – are not fit for you know most ears. You gotta be careful. I'd get Kate Upton in a sweet, yeah, it's fast. like a war
0: zone. Get her place. You, get got, her. you gotta be careful. Yeah, wherever. Or you gotta have tough ass skin, like construction worker, ashy ass, yeah, tough ass maybe. skin. Like that's you. You you better be ready.
1: Yeah. See, I don't know because if you do that, even if she has the tough skin, does somebody around her not have tough skin, and you end up in somebody's in, ends up in a seems, fight or
0: she seems tough.
1: I mean, she had
0: a leak come out. She has to have tough skin now. We've all seen that skin. So uh, if you've had a leak come out, you know, a lot of people can't handle that. She ain't go hide in no box nowhere. She said, I'm out here.
2: Yeah,
1: maybe. Maybe. And maybe that's the way to go. Maybe that's how you counteract it. You just got to face it uh, head on. So the Astros and Phillies, game four was crazy last night. Game five tonight, big swing game, obviously. The series has to go back to Houston now. That's what last night represented also, even if the Phillies win tonight. Obviously, Game 6 will be on Saturday in Houston. Remember, this was supposed to be an off day, so we will have a World Series game, Houston at Philly, and an NFL game, Philly at Houston, at the exact same time. So we'll get into all of that today. There's a little note on that uh, Texans game we'll get to. Real quick, though, Zay, while we have a moment... Can you catch me and the rest of the listeners up on this latest NBA drama? Because I'm hearing there's an NBA story that does not involve Kyrie Irving. It does not involve uh, anti-Semitism or Kevin Durant or Nash or even a Laker. LeBron, none of that. But it involves a San Antonio Spur.
0: Yeah, this is a odd story. I don't really know much details to it, but San Antonio Spurs waived their first round draft point guard from 2021, Josh Primo last week after they picked up, I want to say, his contract again. Like they I want to say they picked up his extension or something and okay. yeah, Josh Primo, a former therapist claimed that Josh Primo exposed himself On nine different occasions. Whoa. So I'm guessing that's the Johnson, the groin area. So wait, this is... I'm sorry, who... A former therapist for the Spurs. Okay, a a clinical psychologist. Yeah. Yeesh. Okay, all right. So... I know Primo's team. They're trying to say they're trying to deny it and say it didn't happen like that. But yeah, it's a very very greasy story, and that's I, I, uh, yeah, okay. ridiculous. All I right, I
1: see. So according to the lawsuit, Primo exposed himself to Dr. Hillary Cawthon. A total of nine times, first incident allegedly occurred during a psychological session in December of 21, was reported to Spurs management in January of 22. Quote, rather than act on Dr. Cawthon's reports, the Spurs ignored her complaints, hoping the organization could ignore and then cover up Primo's actions. This is obviously from her side of it for the lawsuit. The Spurs organization was willing to sacrifice Dr. Cawthon to keep what they hoped would one day be a star player. All right, so, and now you're saying this player has been released.
0: Yeah, they waived him. Ultimately, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's on his Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Dude. So, obviously, there's more that's going to come out. But, yeah, he ain't playing basketball right now. That's for sure. That is just bizarre. Bizarre. Uh, And
1: then um, the attorneys for Primo are stating that basically she betrayed him, uh, falsely claiming that he exposed himself to her during the course of their numerous therapy sessions. Allegations were either complete fabrication, a gross embellishment, or utter fantasy. Josh Primo never intentionally exposed himself to her or anyone else and was not even aware that his private parts were visible outside of his workout shorts. Wait a minute. Okay, so they're saying whatever he was wearing was just revealing? Is that where we're going with this? Anyway. Are they just
0: trying to say that he's out here? I Like, with a Giant, yeah. Or he
1: didn't know. Right, yeah, somehow he wasn't aware. Like, I can't aware. help it. I can't help I can't, it. it. I don't know. I'm just not sure. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that is bizarre. All right, so that story's out there, but if you're a Spurs fan, I guess the comfort of that story is that he is no longer a San Antonio Spur, but heck, they wanted him to be. He was the 12th pick in the draft. Yeah. Good grief. The 12th pick in the draft, and something goes on there in a psychological session that, you know, that would cause this type of story to happen. My first question is going to be, I'm going to go to the most logical question first, which is, why in the world would a clinical, like a psychologist that is being paid by the Spurs or the NBA or both, why in the world would they make a story like that up? Yeah, exactly. That, that's the first place I'd go. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I'm not saying that she couldn't, couldn't be lying or making it up. I'm just wondering. That'd be, that's my first question because doesn't, that doesn't feel logical to me, that you just make a story up.
0: Yeah, it's a greasy story. I'd rather not get into it. I agree. It's it's definitely a greasy story. And, hey, the Spurs feel like they've taken care of it by – basically cutting them, so we'll see if another team picks them up and we'll see how far it goes. Dude, that
1: NBA will bring you some (laughs) stories. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, In fact, the NBA also brings you some basketball, believe it or not. In the crap bag at 1245, we'll get into some serious numbers that are being put up by a guy in this area and also a guy on the national front that is uh, on the best team in the league right now. We'll get to all that. Up next, though, let's help your fantasy teams. J.D. Lewis talking fantasy football next. Send us your questions the specs text line is 337-3776 we'll try to help zay's team not that they need it heck some of your teams may not need the help either because you're headed towards championships we're just trying to tweak it up a little bit get us the questions jd's going to try to help you next on the horn
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help
1: Yo. Starting a Thursday off with a little rock and roll Joan Jett and the Blackhearts Now, Zay, that's a cool spooky white chick Come on now, that's a cool spooky white chick right there Alright, I can't tell if you're into it or you're mocking Which one are you doing?
0: A little bit of both a bit oh, of I'm both. definitely into it Okay, good.
1: good I just got a chance to hear this live this year It was really good Joan is still up there rocking, man She's getting it done.
0: By the way, Joan.
1: She's looking good. I'll tell you what. She's looking. Uh, she's still looking pretty damn good in those jeans, too. You're working in the jeans, huh? But I wouldn't tell her because she might kick my ass. Because she also still looks good in the leather, and she's got some tats rolling. And Joan, oh,
0: she's tatted?
1: Joan will get after you now. All right. Yeah, she can take care of herself. All right, Joan Jett and the Blackheart starting us out. We got a lot of uh, football to cover today, including some fantasy football. We do it every week. Uh, sometimes it's Wednesday, sometimes it's Thursday. We let his schedule determine it, but you know y'all want to find out. We already have questions rolling in. Let's get to it on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. It is J.D. Lewis. He could always knock down a shot for the Texas basketball team, but now he just sits and thinks fantasy
2: football pretty much all day long. What's up, J.D.? Yeah, pretty much unless UT's playing a basketball game, right? Then I can get back into, into basketball mode. Oh,
0: that's true. Did you get, Did
1: you get out there for Texas whipping Arkansas?
2: I did not. My wife was out of town. I had two kids, and you Ah. can't take two kids anywhere like that. Um, But uh, I will be there Monday night for the opener. There you go. Very good. All right, Zay, before we get to the people,
1: let's help the Brett Favre team, even though they don't need it.
0: Yeah, you know, Chad's right. When you're feeling 6-2, and two, you're feeling good, J.D. Well, I don't really have many questions, man. The only concern I have is, will Tom Brady finally find that groove this weekend against the Rams? That's it. Or do I need to play, God, Trevor Lawrence?
2: Yeah, I go with Tom Brady. I mean, will he find it? I don't know, but it'll still probably be better than Trevor. You know, and if you don't have any questions, you could just say thank you.
0: That, yeah, yeah, thank you. That is, that is good looking out. You're right. Good looking out, JD. You're a big part of my success, my brother. Oh, uh, that is fantastic. So you good? You're oh yeah, you yeah, good, let's say? Get Okay. Rolling.
1: all right, we'll try to help the rest of the uh of the of the normal folks out here, say, that may be having a little trouble right now. Uh, JD, this one says CMC and Barkley on a bye. Yes, six different teams on a bye this week. Which Robinson would you start? James or Brian full PPR?
2: Oh, I think Brian Robinson's been trending in the wrong direction, and Antonio Gibson's been the better running back there the past couple of weeks, so I feel like I would go uh, with James Robinson in hopes that he's gotten a lot more integrated into that offense in the last couple of weeks.
0: All right, J.D., PPR, need a flex. Pick one out of these three, A.J. Dillon, Deion Jackson, or Brandon Cooks.
2: Well, Brandon Cooks is out, so he's been ruled out for the game, so it's really A.J. Dillon or Dion Jackson, and, the only I mean, I think you have to start A. J. Dillon unless Jonathan Taylor is held out of this game or is limited in any way. With the Naheem Hines being traded, Zach Moss won't have had much time to get integrated into this offense. So for this week, Deion Jackson's the backup running back and kinda of probably even the receiving running back probably takes over that the Naheem Hines role which he showed uh, he can do. He can catch the ball and and do some things some good things with it in space. So I like dashing deon um but you're gonna have to wait and find out what jonathan taylor's status is going to be so it's if if Dion is in the 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 rb2 role there then i think you got to go aj dillon and uh but if taylor's out then Dion jackson is the easy play all
1: right jd this is 16 team league week at quarterback should i drop trevor lawrence for bam bam sam
2: uh, I no, I don't think I would. I mean, after, after what I saw, I don't think that Sam looked as comfortable as I'd hoped that he would. And it might be hard for him to orchestrate touchdown drives. And so I think you're kind of limited to maybe a touchdown pass and a touchdown run from Sam. And, and I just feel like Trevor Lawrence right now, his ceiling is significantly higher week to week. So I'd stick with Trevor there.
0: All right, J.D., somebody needs just reassurance from you. They said they traded Justin Jefferson for Alvin Kamara. Is that a good or stupid move because they have weak running backs?
2: I mean, that's it all depends. Like, what I would tell you is I think you could have gotten more. Uh, in other words, like, if you're really willing to deal Jefferson, like, obviously you have to go find a receiver-needy team that has depth at running back to trade, so that limits some of your trade partners, but – just straight up in a PPR league, as much as I like Alvin Kamara, I love Justin Jefferson, and so I just feel like the the downgrade, um, kind of from your your all relative points that you're getting, I, I think you're losing on that on that deal. But again, the rest of the makeup of both of the teams would determine that more so. So. Don't kick yourself, but running backs just tend to get injured a lot more easily. They take a whole lot more of a pounding, and so they're a riskier play, and you can typically find a streaming running back week to week if you have to. uh, Easier than you can wide receiver, especially a wide receiver that's elite on the level of Justin Jefferson. So I don't love the trade uh, just with the context that I have, but also I understand needing to upgrade at running back and having to downgrade a receiver. I just think you could have gotten at least – uh, a similar or at least a starting receiver back in a package for, with Alvin Kamara as well. I just think you left a little meat on the bone.
1: All right, talking fantasy football with J.D. Lewis. J.D., it says half PPR, Kenneth Walker or Damian Pierce for tonight?
2: Kenneth Walker. Uh, what, Damian Pierce is a tough call, and I think a lot of people probably would have questions, and so I'll just kind of address that because I've actually looked into this a little bit. The, the thing that Pierce has going for him is the fact that Jordan Davis – Uh, The big plug for the Eagles was put on IR, so he's out at least four weeks. And so, will the middle open up a little bit more? I would like to think so. Now, will they stack the box with Cooks and Nico Collins out of this game? The Eagles very well could. I still think you're going to see 25 to 30 touches for Damian Pierce. Uh, They're going to rely on him fairly heavily. So, while I like him a lot, or at least I like him enough, he's a risky play, and I think Kenneth Walker is just the man. So, uh, I, I would go Kenneth Walker there. But I'm not afraid to start Pierce tonight if I've got tough questions. I got hit up on Twitter about Olave or Damian Pierce in a PPR league, and while it's really close, I think that you take you take Pierce in a situation like that.
0: Hmm. Half PPR JD Jamal Lewis or Chuba Hubbard.
2: Uh, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Yeah, Uh, sorry. Jamal Williams. It's funny. Jamal Lewis. uh, (laughs) A real quick backstory. (laughs) Everybody's got that one guy in fantasy that they drafted like really early with massive expectations, and they let you down to the point where you never wanted to even like think or touch him again. Jamal Lewis is that guy for me. Mm. Uh, I would go with Jamal Williams between those two just because uh, the news of Swift not being fully healthy – He's only getting kind of eight to 12 touches or so right now. It's ankle and shoulder. So I think Williams continues to handle a bulk of that backfield. And so I would I would go there this week. J.D., this one says Joe Burrow or
1: Kirk Cousins.
2: Oh, boy. It, you know, it wouldn't be a question if Chase was playing. But because Chase isn't playing, I, I totally understand it. I think that their floors are pretty similar. Uh, and I think that the ceiling for Burrow is higher than Kirk Cousins. The Hawkinson ad is going to be huge for the Vikings, but I don't know how impactful that will be this week. And so you're really kind of looking at it like a banged-up Adam Thielen. You do have Justin Jefferson. You know, they've got some other weapons. Dalvin Cook will have some receiving yards. So uh, I get it. Kirk Cousins is a good floor, but I don't think he's any higher of a floor than Burrow. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with Burrow. All right.
0: For Flex, half-point PPR, Curtis Samuels or Drake London? New uh man
2: i really don't lie i mean half point ppr we talk about this a lot i think it puts a little more importance on touchdowns drake feels like he's due for a touchdown um i think that your expectations out of him are about four receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown so if you can go get 12 to 14 points and a half point ppr i think you're happy with that spot and curtis samuels unfortunately i just think yeah, they're both of them. Both of their floors are zero. I mean, just we'll be honest. Like they, they might, they could both come away from these games without a single catch. So uh, I'm going to go with the guy that is more likely to score a touchdown, and that's the big red zone guy in Drake London.
1: Talking fantasy football with J D. Lewis. J D. says, for my flex, should I start Deontay Foreman or Gabe Davis?
2: I love the question, and I love Foreman, and he very well could be taking over that backfield based on his performance last week. The challenge is we just don't know because Hubbard was out last week with the ankle injury. It's not a serious ankle injury. I would expect him back this week. The thought is that he will take a lot more of the passing down duties from from Deontay, uh, but I still think Deontay's the goal line back. All of that being said, Gabe Davis has been quiet for a couple weeks, and that's usually when he has an explosive game. And I'm starting him in a couple leagues, and, and I'm really high on Gabe Davis this week against the Jets. So I would. Uh, I would lean Gabe Davis uh, in that situation. All right.
0: Antonio Gibson or Devontae Smith as a flex PPR?
2: I, I like what Antonio Gibson has been doing, but not more than Devontae Smith tonight. And And I know it's a Thursday game and all, but – AJ Brown had a big week last week. I could see the defense really trying to take him away, and I think Smith that could lead to him and Goddard having some pretty good games. And you know, the Smith Smith has kind of been inconsistent, really high or, or kind of low. Um, but I like to to chase those those points in this situation on a Thursday night game. I'd go Devonta Smith.
1: JD uh, Nate wants to know more three pointers in a game tonight.
2: J D Lewis or Matt Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> I think you have got to go Matt Ryan in that what a that <laughs> he he nailed and I immediately was going, and I'm sure a lot of us were going, Who is Matt Ryan? Um, I mean, Chad, do you know who Matt Ryan is? Have you looked into it at all? Do you know where he went to college? Uh,
1: you know what? I don't. Uh, what I don't th- even know where he went,
2: JD. I, know- I just
0: know he's a, a new white guy on the Lakers that could shoot the rock.
1: Yeah, I knew. At first, I thought we were talking about the, the Colts quarterback. <laughs> then I realized, oh, wait, maybe that's that dude that hit the shot, but I haven't done the research. Have you?
2: Yeah, I I did. I had to, and I was uh, I was not surprised at all. Um when you talk about kinda, you know, taller forward white guy that could shoot the ball. Yeah. Notre Dame.
1: Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame. Fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh you got one more for him, Zay?
0: Yes, I do. Uh J D Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts. Wow. Hmm.
2: Jalen Hurts. I, you know, and and I don't think that that, that one hurts is a top four quarterback play this week. Uh, he's consistent. Even when he's not getting it done through the air, he can get it done with his legs. So he's going to get it done one way or the other. You might get one rushing touchdown out of Miles Sanders tonight, but the rest of the offense is going to run through Hurts. Uh, and real quick, Jamal Williams or Deontay Foreman flex half-point PPR? Oh, boy. I'm going to... Here, I'm going to go with Deontay Foreman. That's what I'm talking about. I I feel like they both (laughs) play similar roles. But, man, after that game last week, you got to imagine they're going to feed him the rock.
1: All right, and, J.D., this one's just philosophical. It says, J.D., I drafted my wife's team, and now she's dominating me and everyone else. Am I entitled to her victories, or do I just have to deal with it?
2: uh i think you can you can tell yourself internally that you're entitled to those victories but i don't think you can verbalize that i think you need to give her credit yeah she continues to love fantasy football uh she can be realistic about it but if she thinks her team's really good uh you know that means she's learning more i mean she'll want to play again next year so give her all the credit you can encourage her it's kind of like It's kind of like you never, ever discourage your wife from working out. I don't care if the classes are $30 a class. Go ahead. You want (laughs)
1: to work out? You you do it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. That is J.D. Lewis. And if you didn't get your question in or answered, at J.D. Lewis FF for fantasy football, tweet him. Uh, He is thinking about it just like you are as we head towards championship time in fantasy, at J.D. Lewis FF. J.D., we appreciate it as always, man. Enjoy the games. Thanks,
2: guys. You too. Let's go, Zay. Six and two. Six and two.
1: <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> he said, you could just say thank you. That's what you could do at six and two. Uh, J.D. Lewis, ready for fantasy football. Six teams on a bye this week. So be yeah. ca- be careful uh, and make sure you've checked that part of it out. Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, the Giants, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, they're all on a bye this week. So you got to take that into account.
0: I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm real with my man that picked for his wife. That's your win, dog. She didn't like this until you got in it.
1: Yeah, but I think it's, the, it, it's, it's all about the psychology of it. If that wife is listening right now, you need to go out of your way to make sure he knows that you know that he was a big part of it. For the guy, though, I do think it's important to make sure you still say it's her team. Give her a lot of it's your team, and your team's doing really well. Nah, but, man, but, on your
0: own too. That's our team. But if she doesn't
1: give you any credit along the way, you do have to remind no, her. You, you have to, to let, give her a little reminder. You need
0: reminder. to let her know, hey, baby, I'm Jerry Jones. You, Stephen. Let's keep it real. I'm not sure if that's the analogy
1: you want to go with. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not sure if that's the analogy. I'm daddy. I'm daddy. I got you. Okay. That's how you need to say it. Just like that.
1: But this past week, it was Jerry that was saying things about Ezekiel Elliott, and it was Steven announcing to the world at a press conference that Billy Joel was coming to Jerry World. So, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. You you may have a point. All right. uh, Coming up a little later on in the 2 o'clock hour, Brian Jones of CBS Sports will uh, join us. We actually got that interview already done today because he had a crazy schedule, but he'll talk tennessee and georgia and let you know if he's picking texas over k-state or not that's in the two o'clock hour one o'clock it is jeff howe horns 24 7 longhorn blitz podcast he'll jump in here in the studio with us give us the very latest on those injuries in the defensive backfield what is he hearing there and where is he leaning on this game in terms of a pick up next in the crap bag let's talk some freaky numbers for luca and the freak stay with us it's the horn Not what I thought it was, it's interesting that I gotta look that up. There's that riff almost or that little hook kind of sounds like a country song from the 80s. I never thought of it as a sample, but I know well, this is goes. Rosemary, right? Is that what it's called,
0: or Where My Rosemary Goes? Yeah, Love Grows, Where the Rosemary Goes.
1: But I have no idea on the, the, the act here. Who is it? I don't have it. <laughs> it's a, Edison it's, Lighthouse. Oh my god. God, there's no chance I would have had that. Edison, like Thomas Edison Lighthouse? Yeah. I like that they're nerds and they call themselves Edison Lighthouse. I mean, that's that's deep, is what that is. Edison Lighthouse with the Rosemary. It makes me think of uh Shallow Howe.
0: The place mo- in Shallow Howe.
1: The movie with Jack Black, because her name is Rosemary.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: they play the the Gwyneth Paltrow character's Yo. name is Rosemary, so yeah.
0: Couldn't make that movie in 2022. I love that movie, though. I do, too. My wife hates it. Really? I love that movie. I... George Costanza and his little nub tail. Yeah. That is
1: classic.
0: Spoiler alert. It's Shallow. hot It came out kidding. in, like, 2001, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, no, there's a lot of things Jack Black has been involved in that I'm not really into. That movie I'm into, though. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm into that movie. I'm also a big fan of Paltrow. Like she's yeah. fantastic,
0: yeah, yeah, and she's just
1: good. and the overall messaging of that movie is interesting too. I don't
0: know about the hoo-ha candle thing, but she 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 does her thing.
1: Yeah, no, that's a that may be a step too far. You know
0: uh, what? Now I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that is both. Oh! Let me ask you, what is, no, that's, what's that aroma? Actually, I was, what is, what is was
1: going to say that's both thoughtful and creepy. No, that's just creepy. Never mind. Just creepy. You
0: said you like Gwyneth Paltrow. Just, why I, not?
1: I do like Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay, then. I just don't think my wife is going to think why that's a good eat? present.
0: Oh, hey. We'll see.
1: Yeah. You know? I tell you what, you're going to need to double check with my wife on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I will get you. I'll get you the the number to text to find out if that's okay. All
0: right, deal. Uh, yeah.
1: All right, uh, Jeff Howe, horns twenty four seven coming up at one. We got a lot of football on the brain. Obviously, fantasy football with J D. Lewis. We appreciate him for jumping in. The Astros bouncing back in a historic way with a combined no hitter last night. Just incredible numbers there. I got some more numbers for you right now in the crap bag. Here we go. Chad's Crap Bag.
0: Crap Bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap.
1: It's brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Now, the first set of numbers, I'll admit, it's a little personal to me since I am a Mavericks fan, and Luka Doncic is off to one of those kind of starts, Zay. He scored thirty or more in the seventh game of the year, which means he scored thirty or more in the first seven games of the season. Only two other NBA players ever have done that. Ever, ever. The last guy to do it was Wilt Chamberlain, cause Wilt's got every record. He always does it. He yeah, always did.
0: It. He played in the Stillman era, but whatever.
1: Sixty two, sixty-three is when Wilt did it. And oh some and something called Jack Twyman did it. Woo! Ah, exactly. Way, way, way back in the day. So congrats to Luca there. Here's some more Luca history for you. Luca is now averaging 36.1 points per game through his first seven. That is the third best seven game start in terms of points per game in the last 60 years. Of NBA basketball. Michael Jordan in the mid-80s went 37 a game. That's number one. And James Harden just recently, the 1920 season, went 36.6. So congrats to Luca on
0: that. Yeah, he's just so impressive. I mean, I still don't get how he didn't go number one in that twenty eighteen draft. That's the Suns, okay. That's there's, okay. Oh yeah, I know it's you okay. benefited from that, Mavs fan. <laughs> no but problem. No problem. Really, brief Suns. Like DeAndre and Luka Donich, it was very, it was a very simple choice. The guys like Larry Bird and LeBron James mixed together. The only thing with Luka. You always, you know, he does so much during the regular season. Is he going to burn out during the postseason? I feel like that happened against the Warriors in that Western Conference Finals where, you know, guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, they're not ready to, you know, they're not quite ready to be the number two when you go up against somebody like a Steph Curry and Draymond Green, who Steph Curry probably has the best stamina in NBA history. So, you know, you worry about Luka playing for Slovenia, his national. Uh national team which he played for them in the euro cup this past summer will that affect them but right now hey he's looking good
1: see i'm glad you said that because when i look at those two guys michael jordan was 86 87 that's not a championship year uh, james harden that was 1920 they didn't win the title that year either tell me a type of player for for michael obviously it was scotty and then you know, Scotty, plus Phil Jackson, plus the stuff around him. What would you put around Luka Doncic to make this turn into not just numbers, but maybe make it turn into a title along
0: the way? I mean, they're off to a decent start. Like, the Christian Wood, that was a solid pickup. And Spencer did what he is good. It's just... I don't know it depends, you know, they' got the shooting around them, and Finney Smith, they got Tim Hardaway, Jr. just get all those guys come together, you know' yeah. like, when is it jewelry good? Is, is, what? It, is it jewelry good? Could it get him a ring? I think so. Okay. I think so. Right. Maybe not this year, but, but maybe as, in the as upcoming develops, years. Yeah. yeah, if you keep the shooting around him, he needs to get a little bit better defensively for my liking. But, hey, he has had all the intangibles and all the measurements to do so, being around 6'9", 6'10", 260. It's just all one.
1: It is an incredible run that he is on. Here's another incredible number. Uh, this one blows me away. When you are the only person on a list, I'll notice – so, last night, Bucks win again. They're 7-0, I believe, to start the season, if I have that right.
0: Yeah, still without Chris Middleton.
1: Still without Middleton, best in the league, and, and obviously Giannis is one of the big reasons. So, the Greek freak is now averaging 30, 10, and 5 through 7 games of the season. Nobody that has ever played pro basketball has ever done that, except Him. He did it in 2017 in and eighteen, and he's done it to start this season. 30 points, 10 boards, 5 assists per game on the averages. 30, 10, and 5 through 7 games. Nobody. Not Wilt, not Magic, not Michael, not anybody. LeBron, no one except the freak has done it. Zay, I'm really enjoying watching the evolution of that dude's game. He's working hard. He's working at all the little things. He's going after stuff that he's not good at, the free throw stuff, the jump shots. Just He's expanding his game out. And there's just very few people we've ever seen do that along the way. It's impressive.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's anybody like him to be that athletic, to be that big, to have the ball handling that he does, to have – he plays so hard. I think he plays harder than anybody in the league, and I, it just comes back from where he's came from. Like, he came from the mud. He came from nothing in Greece where his parents were mm-hmm. slanging stuff on the streets, and he had to go out and work, him and his brothers and whatnot, and now, you know, he's taking advantage of all these opportunities that he's gotten in the NBA and that team, they're still I think the favorite in the East, especially if Chris Middleton comes back. You already got Drew Holiday, and I think he's the most underrated point guard in the league, especially Mm -hmm. two-way point guard in the league, offensively and defensively. Then Giannis is one of the best two-way players also. So you know he's upset about the loss that they had in Game 7 against the Celtics, and they want to avenge that. And, yeah, Giannis, he's he's incredible. And the one thing Milwaukee's got that
1: not many other teams – I'm trying to think if there's another team that compares. You tell me you're a much bigger NBA guy than I am. Anybody else have their culture or even close – to the closeness, the culture, the story, how long they've been together. Just that camaraderie feels unique to me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, you know, Giannis, I think him being an overseas guy coming from Europe, he doesn't mind being in that small market Type like Milwaukee. Right. But it's a bigger city than you think. Like it's it's a nice basketball town, like sports town, right by Green Bay, not too far from there. So, you know, they love their hoops in that part of Wisconsin and they love Giannis and Bootenhoser. He's done a good job, you know, winning that championship that they won in 2021 and getting close last year. I think they probably would have went back to back if Chris Middleton were to play in that series. But yeah. we'll see if he could come back and bring them some of that, you know, juice that they had in 2021, but yeah, Giannis, when you haven't even hit your 30s yet and you're considered a top 75 player, you're pretty damn good. It's it's
1: impressive. To me, they have a chance to kind of be like a Midwest Spurs. You yeah. have a chance to be that A little bit of a mid-market type of feel. The coach is just a blue-collar work, it, you know, work your ass off coach, and the star is a star, but he's kind of an unassuming star. It just has those ingredients to it, and when they get going, and if he's going to keep developing like this, I don't know what to tell everybody else to do because there used to be easy ways to de- not easy. There used to be ways to deal with him. Well, yeah, he can- he just
0: sag off. Now he's pulling up and shooting jump shots. You <laughs> I mean, can't do that no more,
1: dude. As soon as I saw him start hitting the free throws at seventy-plus percentage and then he started hitting 18-footers anytime he wanted, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh, for everybody else facing him. Shout out to those two dudes and the numbers they are putting up. Luca and the freak off to incredible starts this year. All right, Longhorns off to a five and three start in the football campaign, and they go to Manhattan this weekend. Up next, Jeff Howe, Horns 24-7, to talk to us about the matchup. We'll start with the injury concerns. How about those Longhorn DBs? And we may have to talk a little Astros as well. It's coming up on the horn.